certainly happy to be together today in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. Appreciate the opportunity of being able to gather. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ruth, chapter 3. Also, I'd like to um, make an announcement of an engagement that's happened. Brother Samuel Jones and Sister Kensington Daly got engaged. It was one thing I forgot to ask him. You're not planning on taking her from us, right? (laughs) These guys come in here and take our young girls and take them to here and there and there. Has anybody found a quote against that? They're all to be. (laughs) You'll look. (laughs) Well, I remember reading somewhere in the Bible that a man shall forsake his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. I'm just saying. God bless you. Aren't you glad we can be happy? We've got so much to be happy about and thankful for. I know it may seem very small to you. But my little girl was able to drive to church today. Not only she did, but I was able to, as old as I am. <laughs> you ain't gonna clap about that. I mean. <laughs> God bless you, let's read together. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz our kindred, and whose, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he went with barley tonight in the threshing floor. What a peculiar thing of advice she's going to give her now. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. Make not thyself known unto the man until he have done eating and drinking. How many like to be remembered today as we pray? Let's just hold our needs, our requests before the Lord. Dear Jesus, it's been so good to be here today, just what we've experienced so far, the songs, the worship, testimony of Sister Becky. We're so thankful that you're moving among your children. Lord God, we are so grateful. Now, as we approach the word, we're asking your help, Father, that you would just speak to us. Father, Brother Randy Walton calling and having a special need in his family, and you know about this thing today, Father. I'm just bringing it before you, Lord, and I pray that you'd guide our brother in the way that would be pleasing to you. Help me that I can get out of the way, Jesus. I I feel like I'm a poor representative to try to speak such words to speak of the greatest event that has ever happened on the earth, and that was you coming to the earth. Help me that I can get out of the way, Lord. 
May my heart, my soul, my mind be captivated by the presence of God. You see our needs. Speak to us, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I've always loved the book of Ruth and coming to the message, it's given me a, a deeper love, a greater love. I've been listening to Kinsman Redeemer in the last um, couple of months. And you know how the Lord can do you is that you can hear something and hear the same tape or same sermon over and over again. And then while you're listening there to it, it's just like something just, just jumps right out to you. So as I was listening to it again this week, I heard Brother Brown say this, and I thought it was so outstanding that I, I wanted to share it with you today. The holy men, when they were trying to put it together, he's talking about the Old Testament. And um, those of you that know the history of the Bible know that there was many, many different books um, that they was looking at to try to make when they was going to decide what's going to be the Bible. And 40 different authors writing over a period of 1,600 years and all the historical aspect of it that they chose. But there were other books that they did not feel belonged in the holy canon or context of Scripture. So this is where Brother Branham is, is coming from. And he said, the holy men, when they were trying to put it together in the Old Testament, this book of Ruth was one of the outstanding books that they accepted. And then he says, why? If it's just a love story. Now, he just got through saying that many people believe the book of Ruth is just a love story and they don't think there's any value to it. You know, some people believe the book of Esther is the same way. The name of God, Adonai, Yahweh, Lord, none of that's not even found in the book of Esther at all. So it's not even found in the context in the original. So people looked at it and said, well, how in the world could that even be part of the Bible? But it was part of the mystery of God and God put it upon their hearts. So this is where he's coming from. The book of Ruth was one of those outstanding books that they accepted. Why? If it's just a love story, why would the writers and the ancient sages accept this book as inspired? And here's the answer. Because there's a hidden revelation in it. And in this hidden revelation, you catch the meaning. Listen to this. You catch the meaning, it'll bring you Real close to God. <laughs> you catch the real meaning and it'll bring you. Ain't that what we want? <clears throat> it'll bring you real close to God. And I pray with my whole soul this morning that God will catch every heart so spellbound till he'll reveal himself just what he is in this story. What he is to you, how to accept him, and when you want to see it, it's so simple, you'll wonder how you ever went over the top of it. But it can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit. Well, I hope that's our prayer this morning. Now, I've seen things, sure. You've seen things, sure. But I'm convinced there's more in it to see. We pick up on Ruth in her preparation. Ruth is now entering into the stage of rest. 
This is one of the difficult stages in a child of God's walk. Because there's times when rest provides such deep, deep resonance within the soul. And when it does, it's just such comforting moments in the presence of God. But there's also times when you're resting that God remains silent. And God chooses to not really give you that great annunciation of his presence and you just feel him all around you. You know that he hasn't left you. You know he hasn't forsaken you. But you're still waiting for a word for him. Anybody ever been there? Now, Ruth is going to, under the direction of her mother-in-law, Naomi, she's going to take a five-fold approach to coming into the presence of Boaz. Now, Ruth, unlike a lot of people, once they find favor in the eyes of God, they feel like they no longer need teaching. (laughs) They no longer need anybody to try to help them understand. And you're just winding yourself away from God when you do it. I've been saved for, well, I'm 66 and I was 12. Somebody do the math for me. All of my life, I've been a pastor for 40 years, a pastor here for 35 in September, Lord willing, preaching for 48. And I feel like sometimes my walk with God that I'm just in the kindergarten spiritually. So some of you that's been saved for five years and know it all, I hate to tell you, the buzzer went off on your life. None of us hardly know anything, no matter how much we think we know. Remember, we're dealing with the great eternal in his mercy. How in the world could me being saved for 40 some years, 50 some years, how in the world could I have even barely scratched the surface of the almighty God and his power? I trust we never get that kind of attitude. Now, the first thing that Ruth is instructed to do, now remember, she does not concoct this herself. She doesn't say, well, I believe I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. And she relies upon her reasoning and her understanding. But she's going to do what her mother-in-law, and remember her mother-in-law is the Judeo background of what we believe is Judeo-Christianity. This is one reason why that the Muslims and the, the, the left liberals, which are so against religion in America, this is one reason why they hate true Christianity because it comes out of the mother, which is Judaism. And you find many of those that really hate true Christianity and they also hate the Jews. Now I guarantee you one thing, our nation will always be blessed as long as they stand with the Jews and when they turn against them, our nation is doomed. And we know there's a great sentiment already in the Senate and in the Congress of people and they're constantly trying to bring up bills in the United Nations alone. They have passed more bills in the last 10 years against Israel than any other nation on the face of the earth. They have passed more bills, more resolutions, more things against Israel. Why? It's the anointing for the battle of Armageddon. 
That's exactly right. This is why they must turn against Christianity as a whole. But don't worry, little children. One of these days, one of them will drop down and it'll carry you home and it won't need bones nor hide nor hair left behind. But they'll have to come this in order to press that on the bride. So what, what is it that makes us to where we need to be washed anyway? So we know that this is a type and the symbolism is beautiful, but yet Ruth is now going to be washed. Unlike our Western civilization, we have showers, we have running water, we have bathtubs, uh, but in, in their current time, they did not have that. So a bath every day was very uncommon. So working out in the fields and doing all that and they might wash down a little bit, you know, out of a pan of water, but they did not do the way we do. So for a person to have a bathtub, it was a real sign of wealth and royalty. They just did not have it. But she's going to approach what she believes to be is the fulfillment of the law of the kinsman redeemer. So why do we need to approach Almighty God with the same sentiment that we must come, we all need something from him, don't we? How many need things from him? Now, we know then there is a divine protocol. And if a person believes that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and they come to him being the Almighty, the one that has provided everything they have need of, and they come on the basis of the shed blood by applying faith, then they've made the way initially to where they can get what they need from God. Now that's where many stop. After they get saved, they think that approach worked initially when they got saved, and they think they don't have to clean up their lives, they don't have to quit doing this, quit doing that, but they think they can approach God the same way the rest of their life. That's where Laodicea is. So that's why they don't think they have to sanctify themselves. They can keep on drinking the Christians. So we've got now drinking Christians. We've got Christians that shoot up. We've got Christians that smoke marijuana. We've got Christians that are homosexual. How in the world could you even use them two names together? How in the world could such a thing had never been thought of just a few years ago? But why do they do it? Because they think God takes them even after they get saved in the same way they got saved. But you made that up. It does not come from the divine protocol of God. So Ruth is now consenting to the teaching of this Judeo background and knowing that there's a way that you must approach God. So Ruth is going to be washed. How I many knows we were all lost? We were wretched. We were stinky. We were filthy and all that sort of thing. But why were we? Because our first parents sold not only their birthrights, but ours as well. Notice in Genesis 3.20, and Adam called his wife's name Eve. Adam called his wife's name Eve. Now this is after she committed adultery. Because prior to adultery, her name was Adam. Genesis chapter five, and he called their name Adam. He made them male and female, and no, God never made transgenders. He made them male and female. And I understand a lot of our senators and our great people in the White House will not define today what a woman is. I mean, you've seen our latest Supreme Court, and they drilled her over and over again, and she would not say what a woman does. She has no right to even put on that black robe and sit down in that court. Well, praise the Lord. Brother Donnie, it's going to get you killed. I'm going to be the first one to die for the truth. Yeah. 
<laughs> but you know what? And yet we vote them in, we place them in, and those are the people that's ruling our nation. Is it any wonder that our nation has gone totally insane? We have hardly no more morality, and on the streets they are rampant. It's one of the signs of the end time. Why? Because we have forgot God, and God said the nation that forgets me will be turned into hell. And that's exactly where we are. But for me and my house, and for me and our church, as long as I'm here as your pastor, we're gonna believe the truth, preach the truth, stand for the truth, and die for the truth if necessary. Now, Eve becomes her separate unit now, and she gets her own name, Hava. She gets her own name, and Adam says, I will call her Eve because she is the mother of all living. Mother of all living. So you're gonna give her this name because she is now the mother of all living. He knew exactly what was going on. So there's two living seeds inside of Eve, and she is the mother of both. But I want you to notice he does not rename himself and say, I'm the father of both. Because he knew he was the father of one, but he also knew he wasn't the father of the other one. Notice then in verse 21, immediately after the renaming now of Eve, and unto Adam also and unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. So the Lord God is now making a perpetuation, a way to be able to accept his son and daughter back. He's not willing now that they would walk out of the Garden of Eden and live the rest of their lives without him. So he makes a way. But now listen carefully so you don't misunderstand me. At this time, the Lord God had no blood of his own. Listen, the Lord God had no blood of his own. God is a spirit, and spirits don't have blood. Demons don't have blood today. Angels don't have blood, right? Now, you know the Bible says flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. But when the Lord Jesus raised from the dead, he said a spirit hath not flesh and bones. You realize the Lord Jesus did not claim to have blood in his glorified, resurrected body. I'm sorry y'all didn't know that. Now look, the blood, God had no blood at this time because God, according to Jesus, is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So God could not reach in his own side and pull out some of his blood and put it on his children and redeem them back. God had no blood, you understand? God had no blood, yet, yet, yet. God had no blood yet, but I want you to notice then when God goes over and gets a lamb and God slays the lamb and God brings the covering of the lamb, but God does not at this time use the chemistry of the blood of the lamb to cover Adam and Eve. Isn't it amazing? And yet we know the life is in the blood and the blood shall be to you for a token, but that's in the book of Exodus, not the book of Genesis. So when the Lord God skinned the lamb and he brought the skins over to them and the prophet said he threw it in behind the bushes to them and told them to come out with it on. Now isn't it amazing that God did not take the blood and put it in a bowl or put it in a charger and get a paintbrush and just paint them up and down and paint them all over and say, okay, now your sins are covered and you're covered by the blood. No, but what was God's original atonement? His original atonement was blood through skin. 
not just paint, but God took the skin, not the literal chemistry, but God took the skin. So here Adam and Eve come, and they come out from behind the bush, and they've got this skin around them, and that skin still has the bloody, dripping chemistry of the lamb. You understand? In the book of Exodus now, God does it a little bit different, and God said, and the blood shall be for a token for you. Right? So now they're taking the chemistry. But the original application was the blood dripping from the skin. Now notice God never had blood. God never had blood through the Old Testament himself. God is the spirit. But God wanted to have blood. So the covering of the original was a skin. Now the skin, the prophet said, I can see Adam and Eve as they're walking out through there, her blonde hair, her head leaning over on Adam's shoulder, Adam's tears running down, falling on her head, mixing together with her tears. And he said, I can see that bloody sheep skin as it's coming down, cruelty of sin, 1953. I can see that bloody sheepskin as it's hitting him on the leg and God was so moved by that love and God come down in front of him and said stop I make you a promise I'll bring you back again I'll bring you back again but God was not willing to let his son and daughter go outside the garden gate and live this separated life for the rest of their 930 years or whatever it's going to be but God said I want to make reconciliation Can you imagine Adam by faith being able to believe that somehow he had forfeited everything that God had given? He had to accept God's provided way. Wonder if he ever lived one more day after that, Brother John, that he didn't think about what he gave up, that he didn't think about what he forfeited. Oh my, and can you imagine Adam thinking, how could that little lamb ever atone for what I done? I don't know how you look at it, but I'm looking to see Adam one day, and I ain't gonna see him down in hell. I'm gonna see him in the paradise paradise of God. You think you've got a lot to accept forgiveness for. How would you like to be the man that caused all this? But how is he going to be there? He's going to accept God's provided way. Adam, glory to God. Adam was one of them in the Old Testament. But I believe the Lord Jesus also provided for Adam and Eve because the prophet of God says when the resurrection takes place, Adam will reach over and grab a hold to Eve. Eve will reach over and grab a hold to Abel. Abel will reach over and grab a hold to Seth. And there they will be in the paradise of God. Why? Because he accepted God's provided way. But God wanted blood, his own blood. So the ultimate forgiveness would be God's own blood, but God didn't have blood. A spirit can't bleed. So God had himself to become a part of his own creation. Praise the Lord. And that was in the human temple that we know as Jesus. So Jesus was born with the blood of God. Amen? I know this about blows you away. Lance told me the other day, he's listening to this. He wasn't hearing. He's listened to it and had his earbuds stuck in his ear. And whenever I made this remark, he said, whoa. He had to stop and go back and listen to it again. Well, whoa, whoa, here we go again. The Lord Jesus had the blood of God in his body from the time he was born but he still had to be inoculated. Hmm? 
And you don't get the inoculation by accepting him as your savior. You don't get the inoculation by saying, I believe God sent a prophet. You don't get the inoculation by coming to church, signing your name on a book. You get the inoculation by the Holy Ghost. Now, how did Jesus become inoculated? Well, the prophet says it this way. God didn't send a guinea pig. Now, he's talking about how that man will make a vaccine and they'll try it on an animal or a criminal or something like that. He said, but God didn't send a guinea pig, but God sent his own son for the test of this inoculation or bomb. And as soon as he was baptized, uh uh-oh, and the heavens opened and God in the form of a dove descending from heaven spoke and said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm pleased to dwell in, come on him. Oh yeah. What did it do? It inoculated him from everything called sin. Whoa. You mean the Lord Jesus had the blood of God in his body and still needed to be inoculated? Don't you understand, friends, what God did to Christ, he's going to do to those of us that are in his body. God's following the same pattern. This is the firstborn of the new kingdom. So God cannot let him be born with the Holy Ghost on the earth out of his mother's womb. If that's the way he started this seed, you and I would have had to have been born with the Holy Ghost out of our mother's womb. So what did God do? God let the blood be inside of him. And yet years later, think of it, the Lord Jesus lived on this earth as a man for 30 years. He overcome teenage temptations as a boy without the Holy Ghost. A young man in his 20s without the Holy Ghost, he never received the Holy Ghost until he's 30. (laughs) Oh, this is hard on Jesus only people. (laughs) It inoculated him from everything called sin. He was tempted in all manners like we are yet without sin. And then in his death, he died like a man. He loma like a man, like a human being, but the inoculation proved good on Easter morning. It raised him from the dead, think. It was not the blood of God that included him in the resurrection. This is why people can be saved and not included in the rapture. If the blood, oh, I accept the blood. I believe the blood. And that's what many of them do. Thank God they do. I don't want one of them out there to be lost to you. If there's anything in us that wants anybody to be lost, we need to be in this altar today. But you can have that. You can believe all of that and still not be included in the rapture if it's not having God's holy blood that give him the assurance, I'm gonna be resurrected. But he said, destroy this temple and in three days, I'll raise it up. Who was that? The father. This is why the prophet said that the disciples couldn't understand it because Jesus was the twofold being said part of the time it's the father talking, part of the time it's him. Well, part of the time it's me and part of the time it's the father. Biggest part of the time it's me. Well, come on, go ahead and say the same thing about you. Father's in you and sometimes he'll talk if we'll keep our big mouth shut and let him talk. But a lot of times we like to do all the talking. Well, glory to God. Brother Greg, was that for you? That's for somebody, I'm not sure. He rose to prove that this inoculation of eternal life has been proven by God's own son that it'll raise up the dead. 
Why is it hard for you to believe that anointed men of God with the baptism of the Holy Ghost can lay their hands on the sick? Don't you understand what divine healing is? It's a, it's a premature touch of the resurrection, the body change. My. Notice he said he never took a guinea pig. He used it on himself. A good doctor that wants to try a serum, if he don't know whether to kill or cure, he ought to take it himself to find out. Wow, I wonder how many of these doctors that take all these vaccines, they want to push on us on themselves first. Man, we're going to the AMA first. We're going to Mayo first. We're going to you give all the doctors and all the presidents, all them, give all them the shots. Let them be the guinea piggy for a while. Uh-huh. And God, in order to take this serum, had to make flesh and dwell among us a kinsman redeemer. God had to become man so he could take the serum. And he had this inoculation at not his birth. When he walked out in the river by John and was baptized, then the inoculation came down. This is why you'll not make the rapture, friends, without the Holy Ghost. But I listen to tapes every day. You can do that every day and still miss the rapture. I pray every day. Good. Keep on praying. Keep on reading your Bible. But you got to have the inoculation. But I believe the blood of the donkey. I claim the blood. I ask God to forgive me of my sins. Wonderful. But the blood is not the inoculation. The toxin fell from heaven like a dove. So here comes this great inoculation of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, eternal life, and it wasn't in a great old big hypodermic needle, you know, about that long. You ready? You ready? But it comes like, and the dove just come down and fluttered, and the lamb opened up, and the dove went in. Hallelujah. This is why Satan hates the true baptism of the Holy Ghost around this message. Children, I know you and may have one whine the words, Brother Donnie Bryce that all the time. If you could hear some of the trash and the nonsense that is preached around this message and how many preachers are preaching against the original Holy Ghost experience and how they're preaching against the, the supernatural power of God. Why? Why? It's nothing but the devil. He wants to keep you away from that supernatural walk with God. If we're not careful, we're going to produce second, third, fourth generation message believers that ain't even born again. They're sitting there in a pew and we're, we're, we're doing no more than make Amish and Mennonites and Hutterites out of them. I don't want you to be a Branhamite or an Amishite or a Reaganite or a Hutterite. I want you to be so inoculated with the Holy Ghost that all hell can come against you and you say, by the grace of God, I will overcome. Why? I've been inoculated. I've been overseas many times, as you know, and I was issued a paper by our government several years ago. It's more like a little booklet. It's about this big, yellow. You probably got one with Daryl. Before I go overseas anywhere, I can go on site, online, to our government's website, and check any government-related nation, whether it be India, Africa, different places, and see what's going on in that particular spot. 
And my doctor advised me to get this one or that one or the other one, you know, just like Brother Branham took them. He said his arm was sore from taking shots. He said because Caesar said he should do it, so he did it. And every one of them I've got, I've got it stamped and I've got a date. Now that's not to let you in Africa. That's to get you out. They don't care if you've had a shot or bubble gum. They don't care. But to get back into the United States of America. I've had to open that up many a time and say, yes, I got hepatitis there, I got this, I got that, I got the other. Oh, does it hurt? It hurts. But I'm sure glad I can get back in the States. Remember the prophet, whenever the man comes to him and said, Bitter, I'd like to say some insurance. He said, I've got insurance. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know this. Said, he said, he thought I said, insurance. And he said, well, what company is it with? Because Brother Bram's brother was an insurance salesman. And he said, what company is it? He said, eternal life, eternal life insurance. He said, oh, Billy, that's really nice. That's really nice. He said, but that won't put you in the graveyard. He said, I ain't worried about getting in. I'm worried about getting out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when I come out of India, I come out of Kenya where there was malaria. I come out of Zimbabwe and them places. I don't want to stand there at the border of the United States. And they say, where's your proof? Where's your proof? Where's your token, Mr. Reagan, that you have been vaccinated? Oh, glory! If the Lord turns, I'll go by the way of the grave. But I want to stand there in hell and say, hey, hell! Hey, death! Hey, grave! I have the token applied to my life. You can't hold me in this grave. You can't hold me in corruption because I've got the inoculation. I was inoculated by the same Holy Ghost that the Lord Jesus was inoculated with. You can't keep me out. Oh, Lord, you can't keep us out. and fell from heaven like a dove. Whew. I love that, don't you? Saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I don't know why God does what he does. At the river, it come in the form of a dove. In the upper room, came in the form of a rushing, mighty wind. Produced the same results though. Some of y'all may have shouted when you got it. Others of you may have cried. Others of you may have spoken in tongues. Some others maybe, you know, just to experience it. But it done all of us the same way. Changed us. And inoculated us to eternal life. I love the way he deals with this. And we'll hurry someone going with Ruth. Immediately after the inoculation come, the test come. Every man, as soon as you receive the Holy Ghost and been inoculated, demon out of hell will turn against you. Which means before, this for you. You was on their side promoting their ideology. Even your own family sometimes will turn you down. Your husband, your wife, your pastor, you're kicked out of the church, you're laughed at, you're made fun of. It's the test. But you're inoculated. 
unlike COVID, as some of you well know. Now, we were told by our president, if we would get it, it would keep it from us. <coughs> and as some of you all know, you got it and still got it. I'm not saying it didn't help you now. But what we were told was, if you get it, you won't get it. But you got it and still got it. Well, praise the Lord. But I'm telling you from Dr. God. Amen. I'm telling you from Dr. God. If you get the true baptism of the Holy Ghost, it will be with you the rest of your life. It will keep you in tests. It will keep you in trials. It will keep you in tribulation. It is yours through eternity. You imagine old Elisha had an Old Testament shot, just enough dust, dose of the Holy Ghost to be able to keep him down through there. And there's a war one day, and the enemy was coming in, and they didn't have time to bury all the soldiers. They come in, grabbed up this old one boy, and throw him in right where Elisha was buried. That old boy landed down with them bones of land. He said, Whoo! Glory! These bones are living again. What was it? There was enough inoculation hanging over that dust, hanging over that calcium, hanging over them bones. That old boy got up. You imagine him sharing his testimony. Let me tell you what happened to me. <laughs> you imagine, Brother Ray, people walking up and say, Dear Lord, poor guy. I'll bet you he goes to the skirt church. Now, would you come, brother, to, to tell, tell him what you told me? I was a dead man. I was dead. I know I was dead. They told me I was dead. Everybody said I was dead. I didn't even feel it. I didn't even feel it. They picked me up. I was so dead, I didn't even feel it. And they throwed me in on the bones of that man of God. But I felt it once I hit him. <laughs> Old Testament inoculation. Well, let me tell you this. I was dead. You was dead. But I found and I marked a place where the Lord Jesus lay. And that was at Calvary. Oh, they said he's nothing but a faith. But I'm glad I landed there where he was. And once I landed in there, I jumped out and said, Hallelujah. Not only is he alive, I'm alive. You're alive. You're alive. You're alive. Why his inoculation? <laughs> the inoculation of the Lord Jesus is still alive and well. Notice this God became flesh, one of us, that He might take the inoculation, might become subject to sin, born of a woman, tempted in all manner as we are. Couldn't do it as long as He was in the Spirit. He had to become flesh in order to be tempted to take the inoculation, to take the toxin. So when he takes the toxin, now the Father and the Son, spirit and blood, are in one body. When he hangs on the cross, three elements come out. Water, blood, spirit. 
justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you see, the devil trips up so many by telling them, if you're saved, you got to know it on one time. But Paul come across some folks one time, some Baptists, and he said, have y'all got the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we ain't even heard nothing about no Holy Ghost. That's not my message, folks. <laughs> What's this? He had to become flesh in order to be tempted and take the inoculation. You imagine Almighty God give himself a shot. This is a mystery to me and a great one that, but it was Almighty God in humanity. It was Almighty God in the form of the shot and still Almighty God in eternity there. And the devil up there looking on the throne of God and said he ain't changed none. He's the same as he's always been. But there's one down on the earth acting like him, talking like him, doing like he done. And Satan trying to look back and forth, back and forth, and how in the world can this be? How can it be? I know there ain't but one God. He's smarter than a lot of folks, ain't he? I know there ain't but one God, but the throne ain't empty, and I can sure tell that man ain't empty. God gave himself a shot of himself. <laughs> oh, glory to God. God gave himself a shot of himself. Don't get a shot of me. Don't get a shot of some preacher, but let God give you a shot of himself. Your baptism of the Holy Ghost is the Lord God injecting himself into you. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee and behold, thy time was the time of love. God finding Israel. He likens her to an infant that had been born. You'll read more of this, but we'll... Spare it to save time. And God said you were born there and you were the navel. You were still attached to the navel cord. No one had washed you or suppled you or rubbed you with salt. Sounds peculiar to us, but that's the way they do a newborn. So they'd cut the navel cord and they would wash them and then they'd mix up a little bit of saline and they'd wash the babies and this. And God said, when I found you, this is the way you were in the land of Egypt. You were a newborn. Didn't God tell Pharaoh, let my son go? When God, amen, called them by a different title than just Israel. When God said, let my son go, he elevated them to a higher position. Glory be to God. God said, that's the way you were when I found you. Then you started growing up. Now this is where God catches them here in verse 8. And when I passed by thee and I looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love. Now, in other words, she had grown up now to being a young woman at the marriageable age. And God said, now when I passed by, I noticed you were no longer a baby. You were no longer a child, but you were of marriageable age. Oh, this is a great time, but it's also a fearful time. The message people were once that infant they were unsalted, as it were, not washed, and God sent a prophet to be able to do all that for us. Now, for many of us, we've been at that marriage age, and what Satan do? Send some false prophet or some teacher, some heir of this and that and the other. Try to get them married up before God got to them. Keep your hands off of God's bride, devil. Amen. Notice what God said. 
I spread my skirt over thee. Now they didn't have comforters on their beds the way do we do, sisters. They did not have bed, you know, clothing like we do and, you know, beautiful tapestries and paisleys and this and that and the other. But many times the coverlet of the bed was the man of the house's robe. So when he and his wife would go to bed at night (laughs) and they needed cover, it would be his robe that they would pull over. And it would break the chill of Laodicea. All you got to do is read Revelation 3 and you can realize it's the Laodicean flu. You know, you're cold and you're hot and you're this and that. They're shivering in the dark. Well, it's, it's flu symptoms. So it's a Laodicean flu. That's where we were. We were, we were burning up. Boy, I'm burning up. Boy, to God, hallelujah, I'm burning up. Soon as we'd get out of church, oh, Jesus, I'm freezing to death. Lord, where are you? Oh, God, don't you love me no more? But God said, Donna, you need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. You need to be inoculated against the Laodicean flu. It won't be long. You'll be passing by Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, and they'll say flu shots available. Some of you will walk in there and get it. It may do you some good and it may not. I'm telling you what, we're preaching to you, not a flu shot but an eternal life shot and you come right through here and go right back out the same way. I say it's time you get inoculated. I say it's time that you get such a dose of the toxin of the Holy Ghost that the desire of the world fades away. The desire of the things of the world perish and die. So now God passes by and he said thy time was the time of love. So she was of marriageable age and she was also seeking a husband. So now is Naomi going to do for Ruth? Now notice, and I spread my skirt, which was his covering, I spread my skirt over thee. And I covered your nakedness. Oh, ain't we glad for that. Can't you see why Laodicea is blind, wretched, naked, miserable, and don't know it? Why? They've refused the covering of the bridegroom. Now God said, I covered thy nakedness, yea, I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant. What kind of covenant? Marriage. Saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. You see, it was not Israel that made this initial advance. It was God. She didn't feel herself worthy. Neither do we. It's not us because glory to God, I saw God, I saw God. You never done it. You was happy being a pig, as happy as a pig could be. Can you imagine an old pig out there in the lot and you saying, now piggy, piggy, don't you want to eat roast beef? Now, wouldn't you like to have some ham hocks? I say, ham hocks? What you talking about? That's my uncle. That's my guy. I don't want no ham hock. You crazy. Thing. Give me some old corn, old slop. Let me get my nose down and root around and root. Oh, I love being a pig. Oh, I love being a pig. Come on, you might as well say, man, that's the way we were. Some of you are high-ka-flutin', high society, 
pigs. Oinky, oinky. Doinky, doinky. Now, some of y'all wasn't beer drinkers. You was champagne. Hell, it's just as hot for the champagne folks as it is the Kentucky moonshiners. <laughs> so the Lord espoused him, and thou becamest mine. Exodus 19, 5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, my marriage covenant, you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. Above all people. For all the earth is mine. This is why God can usurp predestination, choosing, election. Because he wants to. And last time I checked, he did not need our permission. God don't have to contact any of the great, you know, administrators from Dartmouth or from here or there or there. God does it because he wants to do it. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Let's skip this next verse here, brothers, and go down to Ezekiel 16, 9. Then washed I thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. Verse 10, I clothed thee also with broidered work, and shod thee with badger skin. You know what's amazing about this is? God is putting the shoes on their feet of the same material that hangs over the tabernacle of testimony. This is what they covered the tabernacle of the testimony with to make it waterproof so it wouldn't be saturated with all the purple and all the beautiful colors. So God put on their feet the same thing he was hid behind, which is what? The preparation of the gospel of peace. God said they could tell by looking at you that you were identified with me because your shoes matched my house. Why should I be ashamed of this? Why should you be ashamed of it? Oh my. I decked thee also with ornaments and I put bracelets upon thy hands and a chain on thy neck. I put a jewel in thy forehead, earrings in thine ears. No, all symbols now. And a beautiful crown upon thine head. Thou wast decked with gold and silver. Thy raiment was of fine linen and silk and broidered work. Thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil. Thou wast exceeding beautiful. And thou didst prosper into a kingdom. A kingdom. After they went from being washed, they become all of this. And then they forgot God. Why? God could not lead them in the Old Testament to a stage of inoculation. Can I have a few more minutes? We've got to start a little bit late, so I might need to go over a little bit late. Now, here's a positive way to look at it. There'll be less people sitting in line at the restaurant when you get there. <laughs> hey, that's a good way to start approaching Sunday, ain't it? Wow, we'll stay a few minutes later, and that way everybody be gone. <laughs> Notice in St. John 13, 8, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never 
Wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. Now remember, they had no bathrooms. The disciples are fixing to approach Passover. They had all went to the public bathhouse. That's where they took their baths. But they had to walk, walk from the bathhouse to the upper room. So in their walk, they picked up dust along the way. Now, they didn't have no dust maybe up here, up here, especially in their heart. But where was the dust? In their walk or their feet. Now, Jesus knew this great symbolism, of course, and he's telling them, look, guys, this is what you've got to do. After you're saved, even after you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to contact this dust and all this out here. How many knows we do it every day of our life? I don't know about you, I hate it. I absolutely hate the dust of the world. I hate all this stuff. Don't don't you? How many more days before we get to go home? I don't know, but I'll be glad when it is. But as long as we're here, we need to be washed. Where? Go back up the altar and get saved again? Our feet, which do our walking. Praise be to God. So we must separate ourselves from everything that defiles us and that grieves the Father. Because you see, what defiles us also works to grieve our Father God. Oh my. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Brother Donnie, what's this got to do with Ruth? Well, this is not Ruth of Moab. This is Ruth of Johnson City, of Elizabethan, of Bristol, of Kingsport, Carter County, Washington County, whatever county you live in, it's a modern day Ruth. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify. Hagiazo, hallow, separate from profane things and dedicate to God. To consecrate, to purify. Wow, you mean the church has to be this? Yep. This is what separates us from the church, you see. And cleanse it, Catherine make clean from physical stains and dirt in a moral sense to free from defilement of sin. Now, this is in your Bible. From false, to purify from wickedness. How? With the washing of the water by singing, by worship, by praise. Washing of the water by the word. We say, Brother Don, that's why I read my Bible every day. That's not what he said. Oh, I figured I'd call some of you to wrinkle up your nose a little bit at me. The word that Paul uses here is not logos, but rhema. Rhema, that which is or has been uttered by the living voice. 
Any denominational preacher that reads from the Bible can preach the Logos. This is why I have so much division in the message, because many of the message preachers are preaching Logos. But Rhema can only come by a living voice. It's not just limited to preachers either. You'll quote things, you got a need, you got a sickness, whatever it is, buy, stop, some heal, buy, stop, some heal. But one day, something from within you says the same thing, and all of a sudden it anchors. You know what that is? A rhema word from God. It was a living voice. Should not I quote the Logos? You should. You should quote it. You should memorize it. You'll be a whole lot better off doing that than memorizing all kinds of things that are nonsense. That's right. But keep in mind that God knew one day the Bible would be written down. Okay? God knew the Bible would be written down. And if he put both power and word in Bible form, demons could take that and turn the world upside down. So God separated spirit from word, and demons can quote word. Oh, you say they can? Sure, the devil quoted the word to the Lord Jesus. But he was not saying it with a living voice. Satan does not have the living voice. You remember the seven sons of Sceva? When they come down there and said, we cast you out by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And them old devils, they come look at them and say, I'll tell you what, boys. Paul we know, and Jesus we know, but who in the world are you? What? They were quoting what they heard somebody else say and what they saw somebody else do, but they didn't have a living voice in their being. Can't you see, friends? It's not just like, well, Oh, this church over here, brother, they got better people. They got better manners than you are and a better preacher. There ain't no question about that. But are they preaching with a living voice? Yeah. Oh, but they got 5,000 in their church and they got the most beautiful choir and they got this, that, other. I, I, that other. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the word that comes forth with a living voice. How many people went to, to communion today in the Catholic church and the priests everywhere stood right there? I stood in Mexico City and watched them stand right there before thousands of people and pray that prayer and supposedly take that piece of bread and by the power of transmutation, take that bread to the literal body of the Lord Jesus. And when we went up to a mountain where some saints were supposed to have died and done this and that, and them coming up to there, and they laid a bloody trail where they was down on their knees, started at the bottom, climbing up the tops of them steps. And here come a little old sincere woman, as sincere as she could be, with a candle in her hand and nearly caught Carol's hair on fire. Coming up there to worship, coming up there to pray. But there ain't no cleansing in a candle. There ain't no cleansing in a pope standing there and saying some verses in Latin. But when a man of God anointed by the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God will discern your heart and say, Lord, that's me. Lord, that's what I need to hear. The water's coming down from the presence of God to lose you from that habit, that addiction. Notice Ephesians 5, 27, and we'll close. That he might present it to himself. Wow. This sounds like a one-man show to me. That he might present it to himself. 
Well, when there ain't no other God there, that's the way you got to do things. <laughs> Book of Isaiah says, there is none besides me. I know not one. So if God don't know of any beside him, I'm afraid I don't either. Years and years ago, I preached it down in Texas. It caused turd up a hornet's nest. But I'll still tell you one thing. If there's another God in heaven other than the Lord Jesus, he's sitting on the floor. Because John looked up there and he said, I saw one and one that sat on the throne. Oh my, the bishops and all the elders got back there in the back and gathered me together. And after that service, they escorted me off the campground. I wasn't allowed back no more, but they threw me right out of their arms into the arms of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Who could present it to him of such dignity? Who would be worthy? So he said, I'll take care of it myself that he might present it to himself. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I remember an old preacher years ago when I was in the Pentecostal church at my uncle's church. He was a great old brother, loved the Lord. He had a dream many, many years ago before I met him, of course. And in this dream, he had preached and, you know, done everything that he knew to do. But in this dream, he had a spot on his garment. And when he walked before the Lord, there he stood. And the Lord pointed to it and said, what's that? So this old brother, you remember him, Brother Moran? This old brother, every time he'd get up to testify or say anything, him and Brother Starnes would sit right on the front seats there together. Old Brother Moran would get up and start doing this. You know why? That's where he saw the spot. Wouldn't it be awful to be spotless everywhere except for one place? Oh, you mean if, if, if I'm good everywhere, won't that do it except for just one? Spotless. There ain't no way we can do that. That's why God gave us his best, his word. His word. So we could be washed. Well, I'm so glad, aren't you? How many of you saints walked in here today absolutely perfect? No flaws. Would you like for your thoughts to be projected on this screen this week? Your mistakes, your failures, anybody? You raise your hand, we're going to pray for you first. Brother Donnie, how in the world would the bride ever be ready? She'll be ready. He's made a way. Through the washing. If you'll notice this, this wash is different than the Revelation, Revelation 1-7. For it says he has washed, past tense. This wash is I-N-G, ongoing. Ongoing. This is not salvation. This is our walk so we get out of the bath we're saved glory to God I feel so clean I feel so clean and you set your feet down you go to walking around there's that old person that just clicks your buttons I know we don't want to say that but y'all might as well just go ahead and admit to it 
there's folks that'll push your buttons. I mean, they know you think, how do they know that? They don't, but the devil does. We need to be washed when they push our buttons, don't we? Yeah, we do. And I'm so glad the Lord God has a way that we can do as Ruth's. Why? We're fixing to approach our king. So we wash. Then we're anointed. Then we change our clothes. Then we mark the place. Then we ask, redeem me. Take me as your own. Let's bow our heads. There's no one looking around and no one here certainly to judge you. I'm not here to judge you today, friends. My goodness, who could I judge? I have no place to judge. But if there's anything in your heart today, your life, and be like old brother Moran, just a spot. Oh, I've got this temper, brother Donnie. I've got this, that, the other. I need the Lord to help me with it. I need to be washed by the water of the word. And don't think it'll happen today and that'll be the end of it. No, it'll be ongoing constantly. Friends, Brother Branham did not hang the cross on his rear view mirror for decoration because he thought it would be a godly thing to do. Brother Branham hung it there because he needed it there to remind him. Why? He was a human. He was a man just like us. Let me go even further. The Lord Jesus, according to what the prophet taught us in How Can Overcome, paragraph 103, the Lord Jesus was tempted by women. I spoke this over to the young people on Monday night. We could go. Jesus was tempted by women, by drinking, by everything you are. Yet he never sinned. But he allowed himself to feel the pull of that on him. So when his children would not only feel it, but fall to some of it, he'd be able to be there to help them. Oh, don't we want to be that people of God washed by the water of the word? Lord Jesus, as we bring our needs and our requests before you today, Father. We don't want to be like Israel of old, Lord, that you found us and washed us and cleaned us. And you cut our navel cord. You cut the thing we was attached to, set us free from that. You washed us, suppled us, and you gave us that saline bath that we so needed to purify us. Then you give us a little time to grow up. It wouldn't be fitting for you to marry a baby, but you wanted to marry a young woman. So as Israel grew up, then, Lord, when you come back and you found her and she had become a harlot, prostitute, she gave herself over to her lovers, the Bible says. We hate to see it and we hate to say it, but so many around the message have done the same thing. They've given themselves over to lovers. This doctrine, that doctrine, another doctrine, and another doctrine. Lord, we don't believe it was a doctrine that died for us, but it was you. It's not a doctrine that's coming back for us, but it's you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for sending Eliezer to us. But in our journey back to Isaac, we're not interested in falling in love with Eliezer and marrying him. We want to marry Isaac. We want to be like little Rebecca, that whenever she looked out in the field that day and said, Who is this that cometh to meet us? And he said, It is my master. And she pulled the veil and went around her head 
and around her eyes as was the custom right below her eyes on the bridge of her nose and the Bible says she lighted off of the camel which is an amazing feat since the back of a camel would stand seven feet tall on average she didn't even wait for the camel to slow down and stop Eliezer had made Isaac so real she flew off the back of that camel full stride landed in a wide open run and said my Lord my Lord oh Jesus we worship you today Father we bless your name Lord God Brother Jason Ron Colley would you come and sing that song for us again brother that you were singing oh can we worship him just a little bit now before we go let's just not be in no rush
prophet said if we could only see what you are and see what you've done for us open our understanding Lord God who were we that the righteous God even the angels would say what is man what is man that you would even consider him oh but he's the apple of your eye Lord we bless you today Jesus oh great Adonai I worship your name great Jehovah Hallelujah, hallelujah, I worship you, Lord Jesus. Let's sing it again, Brother Jason, in the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah, let's just worship him with all of our hearts. Forget who's around you. I know you got plans after dinner and all that. Let's just put plans on hold. This might be the last service you'll get to be in. This might be the last time you'll ever get to raise your hands. Boy, I want hell to know whose side I'm on today. My hands ain't up to some basketball star or some football star. My hands is up to the bright and the morning star. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. We worship you, Jesus. Go ahead, buddy. Lord God Almighty, You are clothed in majesty. Majesty.
are clothed in majesty The heavens declare your wonders Lord, you are great and do marvelous things Oh, you alone are God There is no if he loved us enough to do this for us that he loves us enough to heal us he loves us enough to keep us he loves us enough to rapture us to change our bodies it's a love affair amen it's it's more than just do's and don'ts and we know there's we know there's things we do and things we don't do but it's it's not a law it's a love it's a relationship to know him is life amen to think that he would come down and you think of it when the Lord was here on the earth and he walked the earth he, he didn't even have a chariot but he never asked the father for a chariot so I'll make it so I can get to this meeting a little bit easier I'm tired he never asked the father for a chariot as far as I know he only had one change of clothes but he never asked for a new suit not one time but the only thing he ever asked the father for was your fellowship he wanted to fellowship. He wanted to fellowship with us. Isn't that wonderful, friends? Who am I? Who am I? That he would come to me, that he would come to you and share this hidden revelation to us. That the world looks and laughs at it and makes fun of it and walks over it into us. It's life. It's vitamins for a body change. What a blessed people we are today. You say, Brother Darrell, I don't have a lot of money, but you're the richest person in Carter County. <laughs> We're rich in His mercy. We are rich in His love. We are rich in His grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. You realize we've got the best physician. We've got the best surgeon. <laughs> it's Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you enjoy the service today? Amen. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I guess we need to close, don't we? Let's just just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I just... Lord, in your your presence. Sometimes I don't even know what to say. Lord, thank you don't seem adequate enough. But it's the only word that I know, Lord. What my mind, Lord, and what my education doesn't have the ability to express. Listen to my heart, Lord. For it speaks a different language. Lord, from the depths of my heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Oh, God, as we leave this... This, this building today. May we never leave your presence, Lord. May our problems never get bigger than our God. But oh Lord, may we always remember who is on the throne and who is in control. For you are God alone. Before the earth began, we were sinners. We was in you, Lord. Go with your people today, Lord. Bless them richly, God. Do something extra special for them today. Lord, those that are, that are, that are hurting, Lord, and may you comfort them. And those that are lonely, Lord, today, may you realize, may they realize that you are their friend. Those that are weak, may you make them strong. Those that are sick, Lord. May you just touch it with your healing touch. And oh, Lord, I ask you, Father, may there not be a one, God. May there not be a one within the sound of our voice. May there not be a one missing, Lord. But may we all gather in that day at your house, Lord. Where we'll see Brother Gene and Brother Homer and Brother Bob Cox, Sister Brown, Lord, Sister Patterson, on and on and on, Lord. Until that day, let us fight, Lord. Let us be faithful and true. Bless your people now, Lord. Go with us. Bless Brother Donnie, Lord. Renew his strength, God. Lord, I know preaching like that takes so much out of you. May you just renew his strength, Father. May you continue to open his understanding of your word. Lord, we stand behind him today as a church, Lord, and as ministers, Lord. We stand behind our brother today, God, and we thank you for the gift that you put among us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, saints. Do you love him today? Ain't it been good to be in the house of God? Don't I have a nice grandson? (laughs) Amen. All right, boy, I'll get into that. I'm glad I got to be here for the dedication.
God is good all the time. Sing it again, Brother Forrest. You're all dismissed in the fear of the Lord today. Unless you want to worship some more, we can do that too. May God be with you. Lord God Almighty, you are clothed in majesty. The heavens declare your wonder. Lord, you are great and do marvelous things. no one else like you so let the nations declare that you 